This is the Sloss Sports Show on Anchor.fm, weekly episodes highlighting and breaking down the biggest stories across sports. Make sure to keep up with the latest episodes and breaking news on Twitter by following at Sloss Sports Show and keep up to date with the latest breaking news around the NFL. The official site of the show, knoble87.wixsite.com slash Report. And now, here's your host, Cole Noble. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Slaw Sports Show. As always, I'm your host, Cole Noble, a.k.a. Slaw. And today we will again be joined by Matt Laguza, host of the From the Bench podcast, who joined us last week to break down uh, some, you know, 2022 NFL draft quarterback prospects. This week, we're back again to break down the wide receiver class. Uh, So we're going to be breaking down the top seven wide receivers in this year's class. We think might be first round picks. Um, in about 20 days, yeah, 20 days on the dot today, um, on Friday for the NFL draft. We're excited. We're going to keep pushing out these prospects, uh, breakdowns each week, getting closer and closer to the draft. So we're excited and ready to get started with these wide receivers. So let's bring them in. Matt, how's it going, my guy? Going well. We're getting into the home stretch here, down to just under three weeks till the draft. Getting exciting. Ready to go. Yeah, it's been an exciting time, as always, man. I'm always pumped for draft season. Uh, last week, great discussion uh, between the two of us. I think it was, we went over the top five quarterbacks, um, I believe it was, in this year's class. So it was great to uh, really dive into some of those guys um, and you know just break them down piece by piece going into it. So this week, we have wide receivers. And this year's wide receiver class, I mean, the last – two years you know 2019 and or 2020 and 2021 class was stacked at wide receiver i mean we talk about guys coming in the league like justin jefferson jamar chase um devonta smith jaylen waddle also came out last year stacked wide receiver classes this year pretty much the same i mean we're going to be talking about seven guys today that could be potential first round picks and honestly there could be guys that we don't talk about today that we're gonna have to throw in at the end that you know might even also sneak in that's making some buzz um, as of late, um, but a lot of depth again at the position, a lot of playmakers, just absolute freaks going into the league, and I'm excited to start talking about it today. And I'm excited. There's just such a diversity of wide receivers that are in this draft that just make it so exciting. You got speed guys, you got power guys, you got big body guys. It, if you need a wide receiver, this is the class for you because there are going to be quality players pretty much throughout all seven rounds of this position. All right, well, Matt, today we're going to start off with Garrett Wilson, um, who is number one wide receiver on my board, but it's close. Um, It's close with a guy that we'll get to um, second, but we're going to start with Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, the first of two Ohio State guys we're going to be talking about today. Um, This guy, just a polished route runner, very excellent after the catch, you know, his rack ability. We're going to pull up um, some game film here of Garrett Wilson. Um, and play through just some of his plays that he's had at Ohio State over the years. Just run after the catch, very key. I mean, this guy's, you know, we see, we're seeing it right here, just uber aggressive after the catch, uh, running, his routes are polished. Um, in my opinion, he is the yak guy of this class uh, when looking at the first round. Um, a, lot to like a, lot, a lot to like about him, uh, creates a lot of separation, and just I have him as my number one wide receiver on the board. You know, he's my number two wide receiver on the board, and it's for a reason. He, as you mentioned, creates great separation, and once he has the ball in his hands, you're not going to be able to catch him. His ability to maneuver in the open field is insane. If you give him just a little bit of space, he is going to blow by any secondary player in the area. So you need to guard him tight, and with his release and his just linear speed, it's almost impossible. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't say... Like compared to other people we've seen come into the league um, and prospects coming out of college, I wouldn't say he has the elite, you know, top echelon style of speed, um, especially in this year's class. I don't think he's the fastest guy, but when he gets to the top speed and, you know, starts getting quick in and out of his routes, that's when he starts beating you, um, you know, 10, 15 yards down the field on these deeper routes that they uh, ran a lot of with them at Ohio State. Yeah. And one of the big things about him, I love his ability to get the 50-50 ball. He, you know, he might not be the biggest guy in this draft. I believe he's at six foot, I believe he measured at. 
uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six foot. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but his ability to get up in the air and grab it is second to none in this class. Behind, actually, I should say behind one player. Um, but compared to his height, it's uh, it, it's extremely impressive. Yeah, and this could be. I think Garrett Wilson might be the only wide receiver that I think goes in the top ten. Um, once we yep. get over to April, and, and you know, I think he's been linked a lot with the New York Jets. Um, I had him in my mock draft falling to 13, which I think is you know the low end of the spectrum for Garrett Wilson to the Houston Texans. But somewhere in that 8 to 13 range, I think, is really going to be his happy spot um, in the first round. Yeah, no, there's no question. He's filled with talent. There are plenty of teams that need help at the wide receiver position, including in that top 10, as you mentioned, the Falcons and the New York Jets. So two teams that you could see go after him there. Otherwise, yeah, he's definitely not getting passed around 15 or 16, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So next up, uh, we have Drake London. And Drake London, I like a little bit more, um, in my opinion, than Garrett Wilson. Even though I have Garrett Wilson, you know, I think he's the number one receiver in this year's class. But personally, when I like in a wide receiver is what Drake London possesses. And it's the rare catch, uh, the rare catch radius. The ability to just you know catch a ball all over the place, no matter where it's positioned, able to you know position your body to make a play on the football is what I like. He is the true dominator in this year's class in 50-50 balls. I know you brought that up um, with Garrett Wilson, but Drake London, I think, is the best at it. Um, he seeks out contact, very aggressive, gets extra yards. Another thing, a great blocker um, in the run game as well, which some offenses really like in their wide receivers, being able to block. Um, and really work and you know all three to four downs of a series um, and you know be able to be efficient in all four plays um, just like a uh, excuse me Garrett Wilson also a very crisp route runner um, but also surprisingly and impressively quick um, but the one knock I do have is separation um, it, he you know like I said is a great at 50 50 contested catch um, but has issues sometimes um, as a separator, um, getting off of you know press coverages, getting you know open and making him some making himself open for the quarterback um, downfield. But we'll pull up the tape here as well on Garrett Wills or um, Drake London, excuse me. You know, Drake London, he's my number one receiver in this class. Okay. He you know he's obviously coming off of an injury from last year, but he's got everything that you want. As you mentioned, he doesn't have the top-tier speed, and sometimes it takes a little bit long for those deeper routes to develop. But just his physicality, his ability to make the catch, uh, contested catches, he, and he does have that sneaky little speed in there that can get you. Um, I, I think he's one of the most talented receivers in this draft. He's 6'4", 219, absolutely massive. And, uh, you know, there, there's not too many corners in the game that can get him 1v1. Mm-hmm. And as you know, as our reigning you know Jets fan talking about this, ah. sitting at ten is rumored to be a prime spot for a wide receiver pick by the New York Jets. You know they've been interested in a lot of receivers throughout free agency, been calling the phones a lot on a lot of these guys that have been dealt, haven't been dealt, have been extended. I mean they've been picking the phones up a lot for a wide receiver. Um, adding to that offense with Zach Wilson. So between these two guys at ten, if you if you're the New York Jets. Which one would you prefer between Garrett Wilson and Drake London? The one thing that the New York Jets have lacked for years is a true number one wide receiver. And right now, both of these guys have the ability to do that. There's only one guy that has the, let's say, the domination and the speed to be able to complete complete the Jets' wide receiving core. And that is Garrett Wilson. I think you Corey Davis is not at the same level, but a more a similar comparison to Drake London than to a Garrett Wilson. And I think to diversify that receiving room, Garrett Wilson is the kind of guy you need. Um, obviously, there are three guys in my opinion that could fall there. It would be Garrett Wilson, Drake London, or Traylon Burks, who we're going to get to next, I believe. Um, so it'll be interesting to see first if. Any, if any of them are off the board by the time the Jets get to the number 10 pick, and two, if they're all there, they decide to go with. Because I could really give reasons for all three of them to be drafted to that position. Yeah, I like both guys um, equally as well. 
um, between London and Wilson. And I think I agree with you. Um, just I'm still not completely sold on the Jets going with a receiver at 10. Um, that's why my mock, I you know didn't have um, a Garrett Wilson there and I had him falling to the Houston Texans. But I'm starting to lean more towards it. Um, the way they've been so aggressive in targeting the position, um, I think once I get around to my 3.0 mock, I might have one of these guys going at 10 um, to the New York Jets. I think Joe Douglas is really interested in getting um, a top-tier you know, guy on his offense that can be the true number one, like you were discussing. Um, but Drake London, um, just real quick, we'll pull it back up uh, to finish out the rest of it. Um, just on the tape, the real thing that pops out to me um, is – We'll see if we can get to some of these plays I'm just, you know, thinking about is the toughness um, with these contested catches. Uh, there we have you know, just a wide open catch there, to all the separation haters out there um, in the zone coverage. Uh, but yeah, a play like this, you know, breaking off a guy, going down, you know, breaking through another guy and just running through another one. Um, you know, just the, these type of plays really pop out for me for Gar um, excuse me, for Drake London. The aggressiveness he has, um, being able to high point a football like we saw there um, and come down with a great catch um, are really the things I like to see on film looking at, you know, a guy of how they're going to translate. Because it's easy to separate in college. Um, and, that's, you know, separation's a hard thing really to look at and see how that's going to translate in the NFL because a lot of these wide open plays that, you know, some of these guys have aren't going to happen in the National Football League. You need to be able to win with a guy draped all over you um, and, you know, be dominant enough to make the catch um, in a lot of traffic and high, you know, pressure situations where, you know, I play like that, Drake London's able to do so. So that's what I like about yeah. the guy um, going into it compared to some of the other guys where you can make a strong argument for him being, you know, the top pass, uh, pass catcher in this year's class. And I think you mentioned, you know, he, he doesn't have the ability to separate off the bat. He's a smart player. He has got high football IQ, and I think that's what really separates him from some of these other receivers in that class because the play that you were talking about where he, he made himself open, he saw the safety coming from the top, he saw that the corner was pressing him lightly, and he just kind of stopped. He stopped in the open space and waited for his quarterback to make a play. Mm -hmm. and that's what you have to do at the next level. Because not every, there is no perfect NFL player. There is no perfect NFL quality wide receiver. You have to make do with what you have. He knows he doesn't have the ability to separate. Obviously, he can improve upon that, but he knows what he can do and what he can't do. And he just adjusts. He uses what he knows to get the job done. And that's what I love about him. And real quick, I'm going to uh, pull up uh, just some scanning reports here um, on Drake London. And the big thing, just like the big, long, like possession style that he can play, you know, on the outside and in the slot, um, a big frame. Uh, I think in the slot, what could be a real weapon uh, with his size, especially when you get into the red zone, uh, working in some, you know, some smaller nickelback corners. Um, it's something that he can really, you know, show his size and his advantage, um, high pointing and, you know, making the contested catches um, is really just a strong suit. But we're going to move on. Uh, to a more exciting prospect that you brought up um, before. And this was a guy that I think a lot of teams are going to be infatuated with um, because they're calling him the bigger version of Debo Samuel. And it's Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. I'm going to pull his film up here. This guy did everything in Arkansas. Um, you know, worked out of the backfield, uh, worked in the slot, worked on some sweeps, um, some, you know, jet sweeps over the middle, some screens, some downfield. Basically, everything you see Debo Samuel doing in San Francisco, that's what Traylon Burks was doing um, to, honestly, a higher level um, in Arkansas. So a lot of offenses are going to be um, keen on getting him, especially the West Coast-style offenses like the Shanahan's um, and how they use Debo Samuel. So maybe a Green Bay Packers at 22 um, could be interested in Traylon Burks um, and work him into their offense. But a lot to like um, in this guy just watching his tape. Yeah, no. Uh, he, he's one of the more uh, special players in this draft. You don't really know where he can drop. He'll go anywhere from the top 10 until the mid-20s. It just depends on what teams want to go for a wide receiver after those three or four teams that we know are going for it. And, you know, Burks, he's got premium size and speed. It The ratio is almost perfect. And as Zerline calls it, he has rare 
weight room strength for wide receiver. <laughs> he's just sneaky. You don't see it coming. He's 6'2", so he's not the tallest uh, receiver in the draft, but he's still big. He's smooth when he's running. He has a good release into his routes. He, he is a very underrated wide receiver when you're talking about it. And he's he's one of those guys that I'm leaning towards. If the Jets do go wide receiver, he's one of those guys where he's kind of the in-between in play styles between a Drake London and a Garrett Wilson. Kind of like you kind of get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And like it's interesting because like I when I watch him and, you know, I've seen other people mention it before the comparisons with Debo Samuel, but Lance Erling, he comped him as A.J. Brown. And on yeah. like, A.J. Yep. Brown with more wiggle. And, like, that's just the two different play styles that he has. He can be, you know, the aggressive type receiver, like there, like just like we saw there, over the middle of the field, like an A.J. Brown, but also do things yep. um, in the backfield like we saw earlier, the jet sweeps, the screen passes, um, you know, the getting the ball in his hands and let him work uh, like you see out of Debo Samuel. And honestly, if he ends up being like the third or fourth wide receiver off the board and ends up in a great environment, that's going to work wonders uh, for him going in to next season or going into his rookie season, just being in an environment where they're going to force feed him the ball time after time, put the ball in his hands and let him work in space um, and, you know, just utilize ways to get him the ball is where he's really going to excel. No, there's no question about it. I love him as a prospect. Interested to see where he ends up. Um, because as you said, if he gets into a good offensive situation, he, he could have an outstanding rookie year. Um, but no, his, his physicals are really good. 6'2", 225, 33 and a half for his arms, which is, I believe, the biggest of the seven wide receivers that we're looking at. Um He's just a special talent, a physical specimen when it comes comes to it, and uh, I'm just excited to see where he goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the I think the forty four five five was throwing a little people, uh, you know, a couple of people off. Um, I think that was slower than they thought it was going to be um, at the combine. But you know, thirty three on the vertical, one hundred twenty two on the broad jump, um, and honestly, the forty time. Watch some of these, you know, highlights. Watch him on the field. He's running a lot faster on the okay. field. Than a four-five-five, um, and when teams you know get into their war room and start checking out some of these games on Traylon Burks, they're gonna realize that and not take too much into account. Like a, I mean, that play like that, that was a busted play. Almost dropped the ball, and he was able to break off a guy and turn it into a first down out of the backfield. And you know, here's another one on a nice little bubble swing pass out of the backfield as well. So many ways to use this guy. A lot to like about him. I love him. I think he's gonna be a great fit in a West Coast style offense, and I just hope he's there at 22 for my Green Bay Packers. That would be a dream come true for you. <laughs> yeah. Who's in Devontae getting Burks? Yeah, and I mean, that's you know part of the, the process of replacing a Devontae Adams in your offense could be a first step um, in a guy like Traylon Burks. So next up, um, we're going to move into who might be the fastest guy in the class. And honestly, bearing injury uh, from the national championship game, could have been the first wide receiver drafted and yeah. I think might be the best wide receiver in this year's class if he proves that he can rec- um, recover fully and get back to his top-tier speed that he had at Alabama, and it's Jamison Williams. So we're going to pull the tape up here. Jamison Williams, fast guy, freakishly fast, tall, explosive after the, after the catch. Um, you know, another guy where you just kind of put the ball in his hands and he can destroy the defense with his speed like we see right here on this play. Just outright running through everybody on all levels of the defense. Um, sudden, fast, you know, insane second gear top speed at the top of his routes, um, but also has able to, you know, get in and out of breaks, um, you know, as a you know, route running specialist as well. And just the next Alabama guy we're going to see going into the first round. You want to talk about a king of separation? Jamison Williams. If you're a corner, have fun keeping up with him. You always need a safety over top looking out for him because he is going to beat you. He has a great release. He's quick. As you said, he's got one of the best second uh, gear speeds there is. Um, I mean, it, if he didn't tear his ACL, I think I'd have him a shoe in as the number one wide receiver in this class just with what he was able to do in college, his physicals. Now, he is a little lanky, a little lean 
But as we've seen with Devonta Smith, he's an Alabama wide receiver. It shouldn't be a problem with his speed. Um, it would be nice to see him gain a little bit of weight, a little bit of muscle. Um, but as of right now, I mean, even though he's probably the wide receiver four, maybe the wide receiver five in this class, talent-wise, there's no doubting it. He's top two. Yeah, I mean, he definitely embodies like everything that comes out of Alabama at the wide receiver position. I mean, you see it. Um, the two last year that came out in the first round, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle, speed and separating were there two traits for both guys. And it's the same thing we see here out of Jameson Williams going into this year's first round. And hopefully, like I've, from what I've seen and uh, what I've read about him, he seems to be on track coming back, um, well on his way to being ready for training camp, um, coming, you know, recovering from that torn ACL. So if he's ready to go, I, I think a team's going to try uh, to get him really early um, in the teens. Um, and I don't think he you know, falls past 16 or 17. Um, in this year's class if he's at 17 the LA Chargers have to take him if he's there at 17 in my opinion I don't see how they could pass him up if he's on the board um, but just an explosive guy uh, with the ball in his hands and you know route running explosiveness a lot to like here yeah no, there's no question about it he's one of the most talented players in this class um, I think anybody's going to be lucky to have him because as you know ACL tear, he's going to drop. That's what happens when players get injured. And, you know, he's. I don't think he's going to go anywhere before 15. I think late teens, early 20s is where he's going to end up falling. Um, just because of how talented this class is. A lot of teams are high on Burks. A lot of teams are high on Wilson. I love the Drake London to the Eagles fit. So, I mean, that 14 is... Mo it, I just don't see him going in there yet. Um, I could see a Saints, possibly, if they don't end up going quarterback there. Um, there. There's just a lot of different opportunities, but more like later in the first round for him. Mm -hmm. I think after Jamison Williams, I think is where the fall off is. I know, you know a lot of teams have different grades on Traylon Burks and where he can end up. Um, I think this is the top tier. Um, it's, it's confusing to me. Um, because I, th I think this is the A tier, but I think there's a lowercase A tier that is Chris Olave, um, who we're going to yeah. bring up next. And Chris Olave, um, the second wide receiver we have uh, in this year's class out of Ohio State, he's, he's great. You know, phenomenal, filthy route runner. So smooth running routes and getting into space. Um, insane foot quickness. Um, perfect, you know, vertical passing game wide receiver that you're going to need. And, you know, the Packers have been linked to him, just replacing the vertical threat um, that's missing from Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scanling. Um, but a lot of yep. teams would be interested in the vertical threat that he has. Um, the Saints, now armed with two first-round picks, could be in the market for Chris Olave to add a vertical threat um, to that offense alongside Michael Thomas. Um, but this guy has a little bit of some issues, you know, has some strength issues, a little bit of some drop issues he had on the tape. Um, but we're going to bring up here uh, just some of the special plays uh, this guy was able to make at Ohio State alongside Garrett Wilson. I mean, yeah, Chris Olave at one point was thought of as possibly the number one receiver in this draft at one point. Based on 40 times at the Combine, he was the third fastest on the list that we have going through today behind his teammate, former teammate Garrett Wilson and Christian Watson, who we'll get to later. But he is so talented as a wide receiver. It, it It is really impressive that a receiver of his quality is considered the number five receiver in this class. It just shows how much depth there is. But no, he, he's got great size. He's got great speed. You can use him in a lot of different facets. Very similar to Traylon Burks in the fact. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up falling because for the longest time, I had him going to the Saints. Um when they had it, I thought they needed a wide receiver, need to do what it is because Michael Thomas is so inconsistent getting on the field. Um, obviously, with two first-round picks, it's definitely still a possibility that he goes there. Um, but no, he, I, I could definitely see him going to a Saints or a Packers. Those would probably be my top two choices for him uh, if I was making a mock draft right now. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. A lot of teams will be uh, looking at him later in the first round. Yeah, and in my, like the way I see it uh, shaking out with some of these wide receivers, I think once one gets off the board, 
teams are going to be jumping, and it's going to just create a waterfall of a run uh, to make sure they get some of these top guys. So, honestly, I, I think if that happens, I don't see a lot of even making it uh, to 22 to the Green Bay Packers, which is unfortunate for me because I really like this guy and what he can bring uh, to an offense. Maybe like as a, tight end in fantasy football. Yeah. Once one goes, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but I definitely think Chris Olave can fall into that mix where, um, you know, the Saints with one of their two first-round picks start seeing a run at wide receiver and, you know, decide, hey, we need to get our guy, um, you know, either with this first pick or once we come back around, we need to, you know, lock it in here and, here and now um, before somebody else snatches him if he starts to fall. Uh, but I like Olave a lot. Um, there's, you know, just some things that were nitpicky I saw on his tape. Um, but, you know, not anything too – critical you know to try to you know push him out of the first round or anything he's still easily locked in um, as a number five receiver in this year's class and previous classes couldn't anywhere be be anywhere to you know a top three wide receiver in a class um, and again that's what you mentioned earlier just speaks to the depth um, the top heavy depth in this year's class that we're seeing more and more um, coming into the National Football League this guy can easily be a highlight um, I can, you know, highlight real player, getting him the ball, getting him in space, um, you know, the same way, but more of the downfield threat um, and the, yeah. you know, the vertical passing game that he'll bring to an offense um, is the big thing going his way. I mean, what we just talked about, about the whole thing where one wide receiver goes, the rest fall. That's why this is so exciting because all seven wide receivers that we're talking about right now could end up going first round. And it's it's just insane to think about how, you know, we're talking about Braylon Burks, Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, who are three guys who could all, at one point in this draft process, were possibly considered the number one wide receiver in this class, going early to mid-20s. And we still haven't gotten to our last two receivers yet, and we have, we're not even going to, we might just mention some at the end that are other really good candidates at wide receiver. So I don't know, you know, maybe not all seven of these guys go, but it is very possible that there are seven wide receivers that are drafted by the end of night one. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, it's just a rare group that's coming into yeah. you know the draft this year. Um, just so many great receivers. I mean, there's guys that are you know going to be day three picks that could be starters week one on some teams, you know, like Wondell Robinson, guys like that, you know, Calvin Austin. There's great value teams they're going to find with these wide receivers going into, you know, late round two, going into, you know, round three of this draft where guys are going to come off the board and you're, and then, you know, you're going to see them in training camp and go, wow, like this guy was actually a, you know, day three pick. How, you know, how did that happen? Um, but it happens every year, um, but it's just the, the group, Going in to the draft this year at wide receiver is insane. Um, so we're now going to switch it up um, and go to our sixth receiver. Um, I think wide receiver six we might have swapped of like who our ranking is, um, yeah. who your wide receiver six is and who my wide receiver six is. But we're going to start um, with a North, uh, North Dakota State guy and Christian Watson. And this is a guy where I've seen so many different things um, about him and his projection. Uh, some people call him a day three guy. Some people say he's going to sneak into the first round um, and be a first rounder. So we've got to talk about him. But so many different avenues to look at in his game. Um, you know, not just the pros, but also the cons that you're going to get with him. Um, and the big thing is the level of competition uh, coming out of the FCS. That's something that he's really going to have to adjust to. Uh, you know, going back to his time last year uh, with Trey Lance, and even this year. Um, without Trey Lance, he was great. Um, insane combination of just height, size, and speed that is so rare in this league. You talked about his 40 time um, a little bit earlier, mentioned it, but a guy who's a little bit fluid. Um, you know, Josh Norris, a guy I watch a lot of on Underdog Fantasy, said he's you know a lot like DJ Moore in that regard. You know, you know the fluid roundedness in his routes, not being as you know tight with it. Um, and you know clean and you know on the cuts um but a guy who is a do-it-all player um reminds me a little bit of an alan lazard in that aspect of you can task him with doing anything working in the slot 
you know, working, you know, in the screen game, working downfield as a downfield, downfield threat, blocking in the run game, mixing in on special teams is, you know, his big thing as well. You know, being a kick returner, multiple kickoff return touchdowns at North Dakota State. Um, this guy can be a weapon if you utilize him the right way, and I like him uh, personally, but there is a lot of people uh, who aren't quite as high on Christian Watson. You know, I actually thought you were going to go Jahan Watson, Jahan Dotson at six. I love Christian Watson. The kid is an absolute stud. Out of this group, he's the fastest. He's the tallest. He's got the biggest hands of them. He is he's just so underrated. Now, he's not going to be one of the top five receivers selected in the strap, most likely just because of how talented those guys are and obviously played a lot better competition throughout their time in college. Um it, th- there's no question about it, but Christian Watson might be my favorite receiver in this class. He's extremely talented, as I mentioned. He's got the physicals that you look for in a top wide receiver, and you know he 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 he's just so good. His blend of size, speed, and length is absurd. If you get him into the right system, with and as it looks like he could go late first round, which means he'd be. A, in a great offensive situation, it could be huge for him. Um, just to get a high-level quarterback play for him early on in his career, it, it could really help him develop into a special talent. Yeah, I definitely see him uh, being a day-one pick um, in the first round. I think he sneaks in um, in that second half of the 20s to you know the 32 section. Um, I think a great spot is going to be the Green Bay Packers at 28, in my opinion. I would just love to see what Matt LaFleur could do with Christian Watson in his offense and also mix him in on special teams, which has been detrimental in the past for the Green Bay Packers, would work perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, he immediately step in and be, you know, the kickoff returner, um, you know, starting at kickoff return day one uh, for the Packers special teams. Rich Passaccia will love him on that unit. Um, but on offense, I think Aaron Rodgers will love this guy. Um, the big thing, he's physical after the catch, and he has great ball tracking ability. That's what Rodgers loves in a wide receiver. A guy where he can just put the ball up for him, and they can track the ball and make the catch, um, similar to what a, you know a lot of what Devonte Adams brought to the offense in Green Bay. Um, you know, I think Matt Lafleur would love it. I think he would love working with Watson and Alan Lazard in that offense, mixing you know those two guys around all over the field, putting them at so many different positions. Um, you know, in and out of the lineup uh, would be a great situation at 28 for the Packers, and you know, just go best player available at 22 would be my dream scenario for the first round. But even a team like the Chiefs, you know, armed with two first-round picks, um, you yeah. know, what is it? I think they have uh, 29 and 30. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that the Chiefs with two first-round picks could you know, also be another spot. You know, they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scaling, but I don't think they're done adding to their wide receiver room. And, you know, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, another great offensive scheme where they can work in. A Christian Watson into the fold and make him utilized um, on the offense and in the special teams as well in Kansas City. So a lot to like about Christian Watson. A rare prospect, but I think if you use him the right way, can really turn into something special. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, the one thing coming into this last college football season that you know I really saw that he needed to improve upon was his route running. Mm-hmm. He polished it well in 2021. He looked very clean coming out of his routes, which I was really impressed about. And that would have been my big knock on him. Um, But he really improved it. He's going to get there. And hey, I mean, hey, maybe the Green Bay Packers will go Olave Watson at 22 and uh, 27. And uh, you'll really replace Devontae Adams there. Yeah, and you brought up um, like how he you know improved on his route running. I still think he has some issues, like I brought up with yeah. just the breaks, you know, getting in and out. Um, you know, there's times where he has trouble really being sudden in his stops, and then you know breaking one way or the other and continuing the route. Um, and you know that's why I talked about um, with Josh's comp of being similar to DJ Moore of a more rounded approach um, to yep. his routes. You know, you talk about. Um, some in routes, some slants, some posts, those kind of things, just more rounded and not as clean cut as you would like them to be in order to get separation. Um, but another thing uh, that you know Lance Zerlin's, um scouting report on Christian Watson tells us at the bottom, a scout for an AFC team said that he was a great locker room guy and worked his tail off every day. 
That with his rare size, a rare combination of size, height, and speed, being a great locker room guy, that's what gets you drafted in the late first yep. round. That's what pushes you up into being a first round pick instead of a second or third round pick. Um, is you know that kind of commitment, that kind of um, you know trust in a guy and love um, and what he can bring to your team outside of just on the field, but you know in the locker room, a team player. Um, type of guys, what I like a lot in Christian Watson. I, I'm excited for him, and uh, yeah, no, he he deserves to be a first round pick, and I think whoever gets him is going to be very, very happy with their selection. So now we'll get over to Jahan Dotson, who's our number seven player at wide receiver going into this year's class out of Penn State. A little bit of an undersized guy. Um, compared yeah. to some of what we've talked about um, with the you know top six guys we've gone over so far. But while he's undersized, he has outstanding quickness, um, deep speed, great hands, very fluid, loose uh, route runner. Um, I, you know, what I like about him is in and out of his breaks, he's able to accelerate back to that top speed right after a break. Um, and also, like I talked about with Christian Watson, being able to beautifully track down a ball. That's what John yeah. Dotson brings to his um, offense. And after the catch, great elusiveness, great speed. Um, overall, just a little bit of an undersized guy where, uh, where I think he really might be placed in the slot, and it's going to be hard to you know make him work anywhere else on the offense. I mean, yeah, I, I was really high on Jahan Dotson coming into the, dra- into the draft process early in January and February, but he's really fallen off for me. I mean – I don't really see him going into the first round. I, I think he's definitely a second-round guy. Mm-hmm. Out of the seven of these guys, he's the one that could fall out, and maybe a Sky Moore or something like that comes in. Um, or George Pickens, who didn't really play that much, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Look, he's got great speed. He ran a four-four-three at the Combine. My one big thing on him, other than his size, is sometimes on his route running, he drifts a little bit. He drifts just a tad and then the coverage can come in, undercut it, picked. And I saw that a lot on the film when I was watching. But, I mean, he's still talented. He's a great slot receiver, as you mentioned. Um, he's not going to be on the outside on an NFL team. But I, I think he goes early to mid-second round. He could be one of the, he. – he'll be in the top three wide receivers that go in the second round. Um, no, he's still – he's so talented. Yeah, I think if he, I think if he falls out of the first round, I think he's going to be an early day two pick. Um, we yep. you know they're looking at you know who's left on the board going into day two. Um, people are going to see Jahan Dotson right there on the top of that list. So you know the Jaguars right off the bat at pick thirty three, I think could be interested um, in Jahan Dotson, um, what he can bring to a team. So if he doesn't go in the first round, I think he goes pretty early in the second round. Um, but like you said, it's going to be a little bit difficult to see him try to squeak in there late um, in the first. I had him my, f- I think my first mock draft. I had him going in the first round to Tampa Bay, um, if I remember correctly, yeah. um, which you know would be a good spot for him. That's you know a void that they've still have a little bit um, is that you know true slot receiver to that offense with Tom Brady and the rest of the difference makers. But I don't know if that's a route they go now. In the first round, with you know bringing back all the guys they have brought back to their team, um, but Jahan Dawson could be something special um, in the slot. Just overall, you know his ability to work in and out um, of breaks, and you know that you know speed and elusiveness that he has um, is his trademark in his game. Uh, but has some issues as well um, that you know scare me a little bit. Um, you know, if I were a GM looking at some of these guys. Um, you know, you talked about how sometimes, you know, the coverage can catch back up to them. Um, it can be able to, you know, get back in and make a play on them. So that kind of things I'm a little bit worried about uh, looking into Jahan Dotson a little bit more. Um, but overall, could be a guy who's easily an early day two selection. Yeah, I, I really like your um, choice of the Buccaneers there in the first round. I really think that might be his only chance that he goes in the first round because there's really no other team that's going to waste a first-round pick on a guy like Jahan Dotson when there are other better guys at other positions available because there are a lot of talented slot receivers that are going to go day two. 
Um, and again, I think we'll talk about those in a little bit. But I mean, the Buccaneers are a team where if you really want to emphasize your offense, you add in a guy like Jahan Dotson. Is that wide after losing Antonio Brown? You know, really, your slot receiver is Scotty Miller, I guess. I mean, Jahan Dotson is a much more talented uh, slot receiver than uh, Miller would be. And parent and just teaming him up with Gronk, Goodwin, and Mike Evans, that would be a scary receiving core. So that's our that wraps up our top seven uh, with Jahan Dotson. But there's still two other guys, not even in our top seven we just mentioned, who still are getting a lot of buzz as of late. And a guy you mentioned earlier um, to start off, and a guy who was in Josh Norris's mock draft going to the Saints very early in the draft was Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. And, I mean, Josh Norris had the all-time record last year for your most accurate mock draft, so you got to listen to what the guy says a little bit. Um, so what do you see out of Sky Moore um, as potentially being a sneaky first-round prospect at wide receiver this year? I really like Sky Moore. He's kind of one of those underrated guys. He's got good speed. Good, um, he's got great hands, and you know he's able to produce, and that's one of the things I like about him so much, is he's going to be reliable for uh, a lot of quarterbacks in the league. You know he may not be, you know the most talented, he may not be the biggest, um, he may not be the most well known, but he's going to be reliable for you, and he's always going to be there. Um, I really like him as an early to mid second round guy. Um, I don't think he sneaks into the first round like Josh, but hey, you never know. I'll trust that guy with my life if it comes to mock drafts, um, and especially with the Saints. You never know who they go with. Um, but no, he, he's a really talented receiver. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot to like about him. Um, he could be a guy that sneaks in, but a guy that I'm seeing a lot of buzz about, especially this week, and again, it's Packers Twitter, that I follow a lot of, and you know they jump from guy to guy every other week it seems like. But this week has all been about George Pickens at a wide receiver and how good of a fit he could be on the Green Bay Packers. Brian Gutekunst loves guys with strong RAS scores, guys that are on the younger side. Um, you know I think the average is like around 21 for all of his you know round one and round two draft picks have been um, you know 21 years of age or younger with you know a 9.3 or higher RAS score. And that all points uh, to George Pickens. And last year, it was a little bit of a surprise. I mean, you remember my reaction uh, when the Packers took Eric Stokes out of Georgia last year? Um, yes, I do. <laughs> but when they took him out of Georgia, a little bit of a surprise, but it felt, it fit the mold. It fit the type um, that Brian looks yeah. for in his prospects um, in the first two rounds. And just like Eric Stokes last year, George Pickens this year out of Georgia again fits that mold where – the Packers might make a move for him um, in the first round if they truly like this guy um, and what he can bring um, to the Packers offense. So Pickens, another one to look out for um, that has, you know, came out and got a lot of buzz as of late in the last week or so, um, being a sneaky first-round prospect. And honestly, George Pickens uh, tore his ACL back last spring, missed all of his last season at Georgia um, during their national championship run. If he doesn't tear his ACL... I think he's a lock as a first-round guy this year. I think if he had another year to put everything together and really showcase himself in that final year at Georgia, he could have proved himself to being one of these first-round guys. Uh, And I think that teams might consider that and, you know, really believe in that and what he can do um, when fully healthy to say, hey, at full health, this guy might be a first-round prospect, and they might justify it well enough to take him in the first round. So George Pickens, another one to consider being a first-round pick makes it nine wide receivers we've talked about today that could potentially be first-round guys. I really like the George Pickens pick. He was one of the guys where, going into the season, I was really high on him. Like If he didn't tear his ACL, I was watching him. He's a year out from tearing his ACL. He ran a 4-4-7 in the combine. He's quick. He's 6'3". He's, got, he's 195. 32 and 3 eighths for his arm, which which is one of the biggest of the nine that we've talked about. The one thing that's a little concerning, eight and three quarters for his hand size. But I mean, I, 
he's so talented. I I would still uh, I could see him possibly getting into that late first round, most likely second round though. Yeah, this would be a guy where you know if the Packers, if we're, you know we're sitting here on draft night, if the Packers take George Pickens in the late first round, I wouldn't be against it. I would be for it in my opinion. And, you know, wouldn't be much of a surprise to me. While I prefer Christian Watson, I do think Pickens uh, would be a great player. Uh, the Packers could add a wide receiver and really help fill that hole left by Devontae Adams in that offense. Yep. And the other thing, I would love to get out to training camp and see him and Eric Stokes battle again. If you want to watch some All great right. tape, and go back and watch uh, the practice battles between George Pickens and Eric Stokes at Georgia. They are just great one-on-one -on -one tape to look at. Two guys just going at it side by side. I would love to see that happen again. Um, in Green Bay, the two just going at it every single week at practice would be phenomenal uh, to watch as a Packers fan. That's so exciting. You know, seeing <laughs> two guys that back-to-back -back years, you draft them out of the same school, it, it, it would be huge for the Packers. Obviously, there are some guys that, based on reports, injury status, stuff like that, that you want to go after first. If you decide to go this route, it's not a bad one to take. Take the road less traveled by. Go for it. Maybe it'll work out for you. All right, so I think we've covered our receivers um, yep. in the you know fastest way possible, it seems like. Uh, but film breakdown, looking at these guys, getting a good close look at them throughout this week has been a lot of fun. The talent going into the league again at wide receivers is insane. And something also that – to keep in mind with you know thinking about the number of wide receivers that are going to go in the first round look at the wide receivers being dealt and look at the wide receivers who are not getting you know these second you know contracts after their rookie deals i mean a guy right now that's making a lot of buzz is debo samuel you know taking off all the yep. 49 year stuff off his instagram um he's in a battle right now with his contract situation in the san francisco people are you know you know gms um and you know people trying to manage the salary cap eventually they're going to start raising questions about paying 20 25 even 30 million dollars to these wide receivers in the next few years and the market just has exploded especially this year for wide receivers where they kind of just you know teams are a lot of teams are just going to say you know what we're just going to get a guy on a rookie deal that we won't have to pay for four to five years and we can get him here in the first round um, and get him on a first round contract where you can you know eventually use a fifth year option on him um, or maybe a franchise tag after four years, that's going to be a lot cheaper than paying some of these stars in the league this year. So we're, I think that's why we're going to see a big run um, happen on wide receivers. Once one goes, um, I think the rest are going to you know, quickly follow uh, throughout the rest of the draft board as the first round shakes up. I mean, it's just been such – it's been crazy. Every single position, the price has just risen. Like crazy, and this is what happens when you spend half a million half a billion dollars on a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes gets paid. Josh Allen gets paid a lot. Russell Wilson gets paid a lot. Rodgers gets paid a lot. Guess what? The other positional players are gonna want to get paid more because they know their worth. Now, if quarterback price per year goes up, wide receiver price per year is going up. There's this thing called a salary cap here, guys. <laughs> You can't spend unlimited amount of money. That's not how it works. It doesn't grow on trees. So I think organizations over the next 10 years are going to start realizing this and be like, wait a minute, we can't do this anymore or something is going to need to change in the system because the way things are going, players are going to ask for more and more money because as it's going along, there is more and more talent coming through which means there's always going to be a better player that thinks they are better than the others. If the price keeps climbing up, it's going to get to a point where you just can't do it anymore. So over the next couple of years, you're definitely going to see a trend where positions like wide receiver, you're going to start getting tons of rookies selected in the draft. They're going to get tons of playing time because teams are just not going to be able to afford to pay their star players. So, Eventually, maybe this will die down in the next decade, but over the next three to five years, just wait for these guys to pump out in the first and second rounds. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, the market's just blowing up. It's more beneficial for GMs and for teams to, you know, get these guys oh, yeah. when you can get them cheap and when you can get them at their highest level. Um, and that's what's making these guys very highly touted going into the draft this year. And I think there's going to be a lot of moves, especially in the second round, where teams are going to be trying to trade up um, to get a wide receiver. I mean, teams like the Chicago Bears, who are bone thin at wide receiver, you know, outside of Darnell Mooney, yep. they are in desperate need of a wide receiver with no first-round picks. They could be a team that tries to make a move to move up in the second round That's if one of these guys falls right in the day two um, to get a guy. So the market's rich for them, and I think the you know the asking price is, in, is going to go up um, in the late first round, in the early second round, uh, to move up and grab whichever one of these guys ends up falling. Yeah, no question about it. Everything is getting more and more expensive at these skill positions. It's exciting for us to watch. Not be exciting for GMs, but I mean, hey, it's interesting. Good television. <laughs> well, all right, Matt, that I think wraps up our wide receiver talk uh, for this week. Um, next week, yep. we'll be back again for another positional prospect breakdown. Um, and we are going to be going over offense alignment. So we're talking about the hogs and the big boys um, next week, which should be exciting. A lot, of, a, a lot of talent to talk about and a lot of big guys who have been placed all over the draft boards in the first round. Uh, might be a little bit of a shorter episode next week, um, depending on how, you know, how much we get into some of these big guys. Um, but you know, there's not going to be nine who are going to be potential first round picks like wide receivers. Um, but still some top end guys we'll where <laughs> still some top guys where three or four are going to go in that top 10 um, to really shake out the rest of the draft board, uh, closing out the first round. So I appreciate you as always for joining. Um, glad we Thank could break down it. some of these guys. I'll see you next week. Um, same time, uh, you know, one o'clock um, Pacific time, four o'clock Eastern time. Um, or late at night over in uh, overseas where Guza is at London joining us live. Uh, so thank you, Guza. Have a good one. Uh, we'll see you next week. See you, buddy. All right, so that wraps up our wide receiver talk for this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for checking out and stopping by. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. If you missed any part of today's episode, it will be posted on the podcast at The Saw Sports Show. Anywhere you get a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, or watch it back after the episode will be posted live on YouTube as well to check out some of the film we showcased today on these wide receivers. Um, but thank you all for watching. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Friday to break down the offensive lineman class going in to the 2022 NFL draft.